Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hi, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, December 10th. This is the 46th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a wonderful hospitality management professor and certified wine specialist, and I will introduce her in a moment. But first, as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to get educated. Yes, it's never too late to learn or start a new career or hobby. And nowadays, there are courses on everything available from classroom settings to online, so there's no excuse for learning. I found this great quote from B.B. King online that says, The beautiful thing about learning is that no one can take it away from you. And that's very true. So follow your passion and pursue an education. It's priceless. That's my tip today. Now, I'm very happy to have my guest here. It is Karen Goodlad. She is the assistant professor in the hospitality management department at New York City College of Technology. Karen has taught dining room operation, wine and beverage management, internship, and perspectives in hospitality management. She is a certified specialist of wine with the Society of Wine Educators and a member of La Dame Scoffier, where she is the co-director of the Scholarship Committee. So welcome, Karen. Thank you, Sherry. This is a great opportunity, so thank you for welcoming me. Oh, you're welcome. I was wondering, are there students out there listening? (laughs) Yes, actually. um, Some students heard um, that this was going to happen today. So they said, oh, we're going to go run. We're going to stare at you through the window. So uh, they're not here, but uh, hopefully when we get back, we'll be able to listen as a group. Oh, uh, well, that would be great. Yes. So how did you get, did you want to become a teacher? Like, how did you get started in education? Oh, no, actually, um, all through my formal education and when I thought about what I would be, I always thought a business professional. I was going to go into advertising. I was going to, you know, have a Nice, because you see it on uh, Madison Avenue, but uh, right out of college, I took a break, and I started working for the Walt Disney Company. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, oh, really, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's a college program. Actually, some of my students do it now. I just got back uh, after visiting them. So during my college program experience, I really um, got a taste for what the hospitality industry is. I came back to New York. I you know, tried advertising for a while, but uh, I took another break, and I started working in restaurants, and found my passion and um, the beauty of what this industry really provides society. I did not know that about yes. Disney. And so then restaurants, what were you, were you working front of the house? Um, I started back of the house and I went to work every day with a suit on because 
I wanted to be front of the house and I was trying to convince my boss to do so. One day the manager didn't show up and uh, they said, hey, Karen, ready for the front of the house? And um, I was able to be mentored that way. So I worked in small restaurants, front of the house, back of the house. And right before working at City Tech, I was at the Plaza Hotel for a number of years. I was um, in the restaurants doing large group functions there and then was promoted into the catering department. Okay. So then... How did you find City Tech or City Tech find you? Uh, City <laughs> Tech found me, actually. Um, I, uh, again, just using the network, that is something that I have found so valuable throughout the years. And um, Francis Lorenzini of uh, Le Senior and Le Caravelle um, History uh, was teaching at New York City College of Technology. He and I knew each other through mutual friends and in the industry. And he just knew what I was about and knew how I handled my business and he said you'd be a great teacher I said well let's see how that works and um, sure enough they offered me an opportunity and Francis Lorenzini and Julia Jordan were incredible mentors to me so at City Tech when uh, we have so many professional um, programs we're looking for somebody with the industry experience that can also communicate it and I had the industry experience I knew what was going on and I still do obviously um but they taught me how to be a teacher and they taught me how to break it down and ensure that the students that are coming to us uh, have an opportunity to really develop who they will be as industry leaders in the future great when did you join when was this uh 2002 february of 2002 14 12 years ago yeah amazing uh what what if for people don't that don't know about City Tech, what tell us about the school itself? Wonderful. Um, well, City Tech, in and of itself, is a um, college in the CUNY system, so the City University of New York. Um, we have over seventeen thousand students throughout the entire college. So students that are coming to us are mostly com- mostly commuter students, um, and they are looking for. Um, programs that will lead to jobs, right? Okay. But what we do is we also help balance out the career-focused education as well as the general education. So when a student comes into my classroom, let's say, to learn about wine and beverage management, we're not only going to teach them how to taste, but also how to communicate what they're learning. Uh, It's not only about um, how to pour the wine, but how to engage the people around you when you're learning the proper service techniques. Got it. And you're based in Brooklyn, too. We are in Brooklyn right here, absolutely, (laughs) right uh, near the base of the Brooklyn Bridge. But, I mean, City Tech itself, for our department, we have students that are coming in uh, looking to be in culinary, food and beverage, tourism, hospitality, hotels. Uh, So we don't have a typical student. We don't have a student, you know, we can't look at a group of students and say, okay, these are going to all be in the culinary world or these are all going to be in hotels or resorts. Um, They cross over and they share and um, their experiences in a beautiful way that helps them network and uh, develop their understanding of the industry in lots of different ways. So, about how many students are in the hospitality program? 950. Oh, wow. It's big. Yes, it is big. Um, most of them are full-time students. Um, the students have an opportunity to be, get an associate's degree or a baccalaureate degree. What we found over the last five years or so is that the um, majority of the students are going for their baccalaureate degree, 
and they're even more and more going on to graduate studies, uh, looking at management or marketing or human resources. Um, so when you graduate from City Tech with a hospitality degree, um, the associate's level is pretty structured, right? Every student will take a, uh, two courses in culinary. Every student will take two courses in pastry, two in accounting, a marketing class, uh, and that's along with their general education. Um, but then on the baccalaureate level, they get to really specialize in the area that they want to focus in on. So that program would be four years? or yeah. Okay. Four years. Four years for a Bachelor of Technology. Typical of college. Yes. Correct. Yes. So which classes are you teaching now or are you finishing up for this semester? Yes, finishing up. Um, this semester I have um, the Perspectives of Hospitality Management, so it's the introduction class. Um, it's a special course. There, It's called a first-year learning community. So when the students are coming in, um, most of them have never been in college before, and they are in three classes together at the same time. So they really get to build a community amongst themselves while exploring food and beverage management, the different areas of hospitality, and math. Oh, fun, math. Actually, I loved math. That was my favorite subject. You know what? I, I do, too. I, I think in a very linear way. And um, you know what? They, not everybody does, but our students understand how it fits into what they want to do, and they make it work. Right. So what... what were you teaching wine, or is that something you have taught? Um, every other semester. So starting in January, I'll go back into the wine and beverage management class. Um, and in that class, it's, um, it's a required class in the associate level. Um, and we do an exploration of all the wine regions of the world. So we'll talk about France and Italy and New Zealand and Australia. We have guest lecturers come in. We actually have um, great partners in that wine and beverage management class. Uh, Nora Favalukas from QW Wine Imports has been working with us for 20 years. Wow. She just celebrated her 20th anniversary, and she's great. She comes in, and she really makes the students relax and just go through the experience, and she tells them to create a you know file cabinet in their head of what they can connect with certain wines, even though they're going through different grape varieties. We have um, one of our f part-time faculty members is Roger DeGorn, Master Sommelier. So he comes and shares his exquisite knowledge with us uh, twice a week, once um, with the introduction class and then in the upper-level advanced classes as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, definitely an expert. Is he still working with Porterhouse? No, no, he's with um, One Five Hospitality now. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so he's mostly on the floor at Tocqueville, but then he will go to Single and to 15 East and all of the restaurants in that group. So It's a great group. 15 oh. East is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and he loves it. I mean, he, the beverage program is his, even though he spends most of his time at Tocqueville, and um, I saw him today, actually, and uh, he was uh, going over um, a beer section with the students. So the course itself, it, it covers everything from spirits to wine to beer. Um, some of our other partners are um, Vignoli Imports. Um, Dino Tantawi has pretty much adopted our advanced Italian class, and without our partners it would be very difficult uh, Brooklyn Brewery so again right here in uh, Brooklyn and uh, Frederick Wildman and Sons so they help us better understand the French wines and again without without our partners it would be a very tough class to 
teach in the way that we want to, where the students can really taste through six to eight different wines when they're looking at one region. Um, and they network as well. So again, part of that general education is making sure that the students are ready to engage in the industry in a professional way. Yeah, and I'm assuming they're then of age or 21, or how does that work? It, because it's an educational setting, uh-huh. uh, we are allowed to pour a taste. Oh. And the keyword there is taste. So Lucky we them. Spit. Yes, <laughs> we spit, we spit. Um, and I always joke with them, like, when you go home, tell your mom that your teacher taught you to spit today, and we'll be practicing that for the next 14 weeks. Um, but you know what? It, it's about professionalism, right? So when the students come in, of, you know, come on, you know, there's a glass of wine in front of you. But they're taught right early on that we are tasting, and the reason why we do this is because eventually when you do get into the professional world, you might be presented with 50 glasses of wine in a day. No, they have to spit. The the truly professional ones that are writing the books and all that, they can't drink it all. No, no, no. And, And they get it. Now, the students all have to take the wine and beverage management class, but then we have advanced classes, so students can study wines of France, wines of Italy, or wines of the New World. And that is where you get the students that want to be chefs, so they understand the relationship between beverage and um, the food that they will be creating, and those that want to go into the wine industry, and those that just understand that professionally they'll need to have a stronger grasp of the wine industry just to um, advance themselves. And we just finished uh, this semester a project that was supported by the Julia Child Foundation that we went to Red Hook Winery and we received a tour of the winery where we actually met Bob Foley. He's one of the guest winemakers there and we walk in and he's there and he led the students through an exploration of how wine is made and how it's stored and then we went back the next week and we actually made our own wine. So the students had to put in a requisition for the wines that they, the base wines that they wanted to use to make a wine that we're eventually going to serve in the restaurant that we have on campus. Ah, oh, that is really cool. Yeah. When you come to City Tech again, I will serve that wine to you. Okay. Even though I don't drink, I'd be happy to be served. <laughs> then you, you can, or to, you can to smell. Swir- I'll swell. Uh, I'll swell. I'll, <laughs> I'll smell and swirl it. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and toast. Good. Okay. So on that note, we're going to take a little break. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. National Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. 
This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Karen Goodlad, Assistant Professor of Hospitality Management Department at New York City College of Technology, otherwise known as City Tech, which is good to say City Tech. So much easier. So much easier. It has a good, it has a good ring to it. Absolutely. City Tech. It's like, cool. We are. <laughs> you are cool. Let's, let's jump into my question I had from last week. I had on Steve Cuzo, the New York Post restaurant critic, commercial and real estate columnist, and op-ed contributor. And I will also say, before I ask the question, very excited our show was number one on Eater's Five Things You Missed on Heritage Radio Network this past week. Congratulations. Thank you. Very exciting. So that was, I think, all due to Mr. Cuso, because he was fabulous. Well, then I'm happy to answer his questions. Okay, so the question is... What's happening with students of culinary interest? More particular, what are your students eager to learn the new modern techniques such as sous vide and molecular gastronomy, or are they more interested in getting a job and being on TV? Oh, goodness. I think when they walk in the door, they, many of them want to be chefs, and yes, they get that idea from TV. But the reality is that... Um, there are a few that are looking for that glory, but you know what? They, they want to get the basics. So uh, like the wine classes an introduction wine class, and then the advanced opportunities for our students, all students have to take two culinary, two pastry, like I said earlier. So when they're there, they're really learning knife skills, right? So what does it mean to uh, the difference between a fine dice and a dice or to Julienne and um, to something as, you know, what, industry people might think so easy as deep frying um, all the way through making stocks and there's also a service component so in one of the classes they'll be serving the dining room that we have on campus so in that way it is very much tradition it's the advanced classes where the culinary students really come out and have that opportunity to explore um there's one class that we started because of that demand for students wanting to do sous vide and learning some more of the molecular gastronomy, and that is called culinary improv. So this is strictly for students that are going to culinary. They have to not only have taken the base um, culinary classes, but also the advanced culinary classes. And basically, they walk in having read about and learned about in, on their own um, a certain topic of the week. And then the teacher hands them a basket of food, and they need to create the menu, and they have to execute the technique that they are have learned, you know, through their reading. So it's, it's a, like chopped, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except it's on the college level, and right. they have to write and reflect, and they have research projects. And at the end, their final is creation of their own menu using X, Y, and Z of the techniques that they learned. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to go with that you, you might have implemented programs for the people who are interested in TV and that direction. You know, is there a sort of media training or a how to cook in a culinary competition <laughs> class? If you, if, 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 there are. Um, CUNY itself has what's called a CUNY BA. So we have students that come in that want to specialize. So they'll say they want food photography and they will plan their own 
um, curriculum to balance out. It's often at different CUNY campuses. Um, we also have a um, a major on at City Tech um, that they are looking into the the media end of it. But no, our, our students will are pretty practical. I know mm-hmm. that maybe there'll be a support team on there and. Uh, those are actors that are, you know, as amazing and the information they have. Our students know that they have years before they're going to be doing that. So, Great. I, I think you've answered the questions wonderfully. And Mr. Cuso will be satisfied. I hope so. <laughs> what, um, what are you finding the biggest challenges of working with students or in hospitality? Or, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you love most about it? And then what is, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, my product is people, human beings. So, you know, with the, with that being said, there are ups and downs of just everyday life. Um, but you know what? It's so rewarding when class is over and it's the middle of the summer and I get an email or a phone call and, you know, professor, you ruined me. Well, wait, what did I do? What did explain that? And they're like, well, my family won't go out to dinner with me anymore because I'm always analyzing what's happening during the dinner service. Or, um, if a student says, oh, you know, professor, I tried this wine. Did you ever have it? And this is well after the final grades are in. And it's, it's exciting to see, you know, a lot of these students are going from their teen years to their young adult years. And it's a time of immense growth for them. Um, I also love working with the faculty as well. We have a really um, strong foundation in wanting to see our students succeed. Um, And some of the work that I do is even outside of my department. I'm um, a co-director of a general education initiative that we have. So I'm working with people in our architecture departments. I'm working with the English faculty members. Um, So there's never a day where it's the same as yesterday. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, you probably have that as well. Yeah, and every day is different. And having different clients, it also makes it different. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's the same concept. But yeah, every day is different. And and, and I like that it keeps it fresh and exciting. Yes, exactly. And you know what, the students keep me on my toes, you know, they'll come in and say, Oh, did you read this? Did you hear about that? And I was like, uh, Yeah, I did. Or Oh, my goodness, I have to like, you know, let, let me start yeah. tweeting so I can. Uh, right. <laughs> like we were talking right. earlier. Yeah. And I loved coming out there and being a guest lecturer. I mean, that was just for that one time of just being being there, it was very rewarding, you know, to get that. You just get, you, it, it feels good. I think sometimes I forget I, I've been working in the industry a long time and I'm knowledgeable and that I can share that knowledge, you know. I just think sometimes I just, you know, you just, I'm just going about my business and I don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's that breaking down. And when people come back, and like you said, I mean, it, it even opens their eyes to the diversity of what this industry is. You know, mm-hmm. I started by saying, watch your step at Walt Disney World, and now I focus on beverage management on the collegiate level. It's, it's been a great path. Absolutely. Yes. And now we met from La Dame Escoffier. We did. We were both inducted together. Yes. So we're, I guess, classmates. I don't know what yes. you call us. Absolutely. So you're very involved with their scholarship program. Yes. So tell, tell us about that. Okay. Um, the mission of La Dame Escoffier is um, advocacy, education, and networking. Um, I'm clearly looking at the um, education and the networking aspect of it. So La Dame d'Escoffier, each year, 
provides, and I think it's for, well, I don't even know how long we've been doing it now, but um, they provide opportunities for young women in local schools to apply for scholarships. And this year we had a record year where we gave out $93,000 worth of scholarship. That's amazing. Yes. So why did I get involved? Um, when I became a member of LADAM, I was really excited about what our mission was. And I know that so many people have mentored me and have provided me with, you know, Karen, fantastic, you're doing a great job, or come off off the ledge, you know, we need to look at a little something. And I always want to be involved in whatever I'm doing. So I joined the scholarship committee so that I can be a part of, you know, the future leaders that are applying for these scholarships. And I, I became the chairperson, again, because I loved what we did. And I wanted to make sure that it was done in a vibrant and consistent way. Um, we have a group of nine women that make these decisions. So every January is the open call, and um, students from among other colleges, uh, Cornell, NYU, um, ICC, ICE, will apply. Um, and the opportunities are diverse as um, beverage programs to um, students that are focused on sustainability to students that want to be chefs. Um, and it's a lot of hard work, and it's great to read all of these applications. And then we give out $93,000. So that's why I'm involved. It's incredible. I give you, I give you kudos for doing Thank that you. on our Thank behalf. You. And because you know, I'm not involved with that committee, but I've been to uh, some of the induction or scholarship events. Receptions. Yeah. Receptions, yes. that's the word. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, they've, it's special, and you you can see the their the student their gratitude and excitement and the fact that we can do something to to help people yeah. is great and and it's that helping part so not only is there the financial aspect but each award recipient is paired with a mentor so through the ranks of Ladon Diascofia, I mean, these are some of the most accomplished women in New York in the hospitality industry, and here it is a college student that um, you know, maybe as a first-generation college student in their family or maybe as, you know, returning to college after, you know, a career in finance. And now they're being mentored by the leaders of the industry. Yeah. We well, make a difference. You certainly do. We certainly do. So, yes. yes. Okay, so we're going to take another break here and come back. We're going to do my speed round game and talk some industry news. Stay with us. This is all in the industry and Heritage Radio Network. It is so exciting to have this new medium. Hosting After the Jump has been a huge part of me transitioning from being a blogger to somebody who has sort of real important conversations with people in real life. My show, I, I kind of describe it as an audio trade magazine. I learn a ton from the guests every week, whether it's, it's restaurants, bars. All the hosts at Heritage all come from different perspectives. Everyone should be listening to this. If you're interested in conservation and and practical approach to renewable food sources, you know, not this big industry. Whether it's history, uh, laws, social policies of food, I think people now take food seriously, and hopefully what's on their plate will become something 
very special. And I feel that podcasting has a future, giving people information in a format they can really use on the go. We need your support to keep these conversations going. To donate, visit heritageradionetwork.org backslash donate. Hi, we're back. This is All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Karen Goodlad of City Tech. And it's time for my speed round game. Oh, no. Well, I know you've listened to the show, so I think you know what's ahead a bit, but a bit. I'm going to name two things, and you just pick your preference. So here we go. Eat in or eat out? I'm always surprised at the ease in which your guests can answer this, because I want to know who I'm with. No, I think everyone gets stuck. And, well, eat out, I think, is usually more it, popular. Yes. yes. Okay. So I, I don't know. Okay. Do I have to choose? No. You, okay. You, you, it's just a fun game. Okay. I'll say I'm with my husband, so eat out. Okay. <laughs> Wine, beer, or cocktail? Depends on who you're with. Yeah. You know, um, it, wine. Wine, definitely. Tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting. Surprise me with the chef's ingenious work. Great. Small plates or large plates? Small. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? I like the control of tipping. Give you control? Yeah, control. (laughs) Yes, that's me, control. (laughs) How about communal table or chef's counter? Communal table. Um, We've spoken earlier. I have three kids, and when I get out, I want to be able to socialize. So chef's table. Um, Communal table, yes. How about... uh, Red, white, or rosé, if we're talking wine. Ooh. Um, sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. White sparkling. <laughs> you got your sparkling. Sorry, I didn't have it there. <laughs> Teaching or administration? Oh, you did turn this up on me. I'm not going to give you every one you've heard before. (laughs) Um, Teaching. Teaching because of that interaction with the students. They're our future leaders, and I want to one day not sit at the communal table, but at the chef's table because my student is behind the kitchen, in the kitchen. Great. Love it. Two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Not even a question about it. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Brooklyn. We're right here. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, so let's talk some industry news. Now, I have I'm pulling. I have two reviews that I thought we could talk about because one was from di- today and one was last week or maybe it was two weeks ago. Uh, when last week. Martin. It was last week. Okay, so it was the New York Times. <laughs> Both reviews are by Pete Wells. Both reviews got two stars. The first one, which came out today, was of Dirty French on the Lower East Side. This is Chefs Rich Teresi and Mario Carbone and partner Jeff Zelaznik. This is their new place in the Ludlow Hotel. And the other one is Danny Meyer's Marta in Nomad. And that's in the Martha Washington Hotel. And the chef is Nick Anderer, it's Ruben style pizza, and um, they were both great reviews. And both of these places, I did my solo dining experiences at. I when I was reading um, <laughs> the the French uh, dirty, I, I thought you had done that. Um, yeah, I think that um, you know I'd like to see the pedigree in what's happening in these restaurants, right? To you know, for Danny Meyer, I mean, he's just his 
touches in so many of our wonderful restaurants. So it was like I enjoyed reading Marta. Um, and then, like you and I were discussing off air about these restaurants that are associated with hotels. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a great trend that I'm looking at. Even, you know, Roger Degon, as we talked earlier with uh, – uh, four West, right? No, yeah. Um, four. No, yeah, the fourth. fourth. The fourth, fourth. yes, yeah. the fourth. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, how are we, or how are they attracting their guests? Are they relying on the hotel guests? Is this really a New York City restaurant? They just happen to have two doors? Um, so that's what I was excited about. And uh, reading French Dirty, I mean, even just... Dirty yeah. French. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> dirty French. Dirty French. You could, uh, it's a, it's I, a play on the word, so it could, go either, it could go that way. Um, I just, you know, even the beauty in which he wrote that, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of passion behind there and I want to go. So you've already been, you know, I have been, I've, I'm going to have to go back. I've, I'm pretty good at doing solo dining experiences at Pete Wells reviews restaurants. I I don't know. I've, I've done a lot, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's, you know, I'm going to the places that are being buzzed about. So, so was he, um, I really, I really had good experiences at both places, and I've been back for lunch at Marta. Uh, I had a business lunch there, and that was great. I mean, that he, the one thing with that, that being in a hotel is the restaurant is really a part of the lobby and the entrance. Yes. And it's, it's different. I think it's a little different than a typical Danny Meyer restaurant that's um, uh, more, you know, the restaurant's separate mm-hmm. and has its own feel. This is... I mean, it's a very grand feel, and I love the, seeing the pizza ovens and the whole, that open kitchen. And with um, Dirty French, I mean, that's, it's a, it's a low-lighted ambiance. It's kind of, you know, a sexy restaurant, and it, I love the food. I mean, he talked about this dish, uh, the lamb carpaccio, yes. which is one of the things I got, and it was amazing. I mean, I would go back for that dish. And in, in what you were saying about Marta's, too, is what he was trying to say. You, you go there because you want to treat it like a pizza place, not like mm-hmm. a restaurant in a hotel. And isn't that beauty to be able to have that high level of creativity and the fine ingredients, but that you can come and go. And then you have the opposite where, you know, you're going to sit and it's sexy and you really, I mean, even the photos with the artwork, you know, with all the pink roosters, would say. It's, it's risque. I mean, it's called Dirty French. It's a play on French. It's not classical French at all, but it's, they're great chefs and they, they're using basic French technique and just taking it to this like crazy level of fun it's fun that's another thing he noted in the review yes. yeah and, and he wrote it in a fun way as well i yeah. wanted to keep reading he's a good writer exactly. he's an excellent writer yes yes so it, i'm i will end up there one day okay well the other then i had two tech stories that if if we can talk about here so one of them was in the new york times recently and it was about sweet green and a salad chain's surprise ingredient, tech money. And uh, it's talking about how they uh, raised $18.5 million in financing. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And this is, talked about this before, Rita Jamey, our fellow Dom, yes. Grand Dom, uh, one of her sons, Nicholas, is the one of the three founders of this restaurant concept that's just taken off. And they raised this money for the West Coast. Um, they're going to expand it's there. Expand. Um, and the other story is 
in TechCrunch how Kitchit gets $7.5 million to bring the restaurant experience to your home. And this is a San Francisco-based company. It's called Kitchit. And their mission is to enable anyone to have restaurant-quality food without going out, creating a marketplace of chefs who cook in customers' homes. So, I mean, to me, it's it's like it's a it's like hiring a private chef, but just for an evening for a party, yes, or for just dinner for two. And and what a great concept, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have so much that you want to focus on when you're welcoming guests to your home. I had a, this is years ago, um, I had a friend that had a little business like that, and she called herself the ghost chef. And she would come in, and everything would be done well in advance of your guests coming, and she'd be out the door. It's a great and, name. Yeah, and all she, all the, the host needed to do was finish up and serve. Well, because she was the ghost then I guess the host had to clean up, which seems different than this concept. But I think it's brilliant. I do, too. I, I was reading this, and it just sounded... They were saying typically it's between 50 and $75, 75. per person, which is what you'd spend going out to dinner, yeah. if not more. And basically someone's going to come design a menu for you, cook it, clean it, and leave. Yeah, and you know, it, you're in charge of cocktails and wine, so if you're one of those that has a deep wine cellar, you know, you just pull out what's there and you know, I guess my question is though, um, what kind of facilities do they bring? Do they bring the pots and pans or does the host have to provide that? That's what I was curious about. Oh, that's a good question because I, I was browsing the site and looking at one of the chef's uh, you know, they have a profile up for each chef and the sampled menu. And there was a line that said, all I need was a stove and sink. All right. So, but th- I'm not sure, though, if that means they bring the pots and pans or I'm sure they bring knives, but yeah. I don't know. That's I, a good question. I, I guess for two, you could, you know, just bring a bus bin and everything you need is right in there with your toolkit. But once it gets to 10 or more people, that's when I would think that the equipment... Uh, would come in handy. Yeah, I would think so too. So these are, I mean, these are exciting things happening in the food restaurant world yeah. with mixed now with technology and they're raising a lot of money, which is amazing. Yeah, and, and the sweet green concept too. I mean, that's that's how people want to eat, you mm-hmm. know. It's, um, you know, when McDonald's has been in the news with how they're, Profits are going down and they're losing market share. It's because people are smart about what they're putting into their bodies. And may it be organic or not or local or not, it, people want to eat clean. And it seems like that's what they're providing. And Yeah, there's smart. definitely been a trend and a movement mm-hmm. towards more healthy eating and fast casual. And I think we're just going to see more of it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I liked the, the little bleachers that they had in there so you can feel like you're really in New York City and just hanging out. Right. Yeah. No, they're 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 very smart and um I'm glad they've been so success- successful. I agree. Okay, we're going to take one more break here. Come back and do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. All the music for today's show courtesy of Iggy Dean. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network.
Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. Now, this week I checked out Almanac. Here's the rundown. The location, 28 7th Avenue South at Leroy Street in Manhattan's Greenwich Village. The concept, a new hyper-seasonal restaurant focusing on serving dishes with the freshest local ingredients. The chef and owner, Galen Zamara of Moss Farmhouse and X-Key. Why did I go? Because Galen is an amazing chef, and he recently revamped Moss La Grillia to this new restaurant. My experience. I ventured in on a cold weekday night, got a nice seat at the bar. I was immediately drawn in by the dimly lit and cozy atmosphere and warm service. What did I get? Although the menu is presented as three, five, or eight course tastings, there is an option to go a la carte, and so I did. I ordered the yellowfin tuna and cauliflower with Nantucket bay scallops. Galen also sent out to amuse a tasting of black bass and dessert cookies. Very lucky me. My take? Everything was fantastic. I love the tuna combo of raw and comfit, and the cauliflower was divine. The scene? A beautiful bi-level townhouse with an intimate and relaxing vibe. Perfect for date night. Interesting tidbit? Almanac's menu is inspired by Galen's personal recipe almanac that he kept when he worked at Boulay. Also, the moon phases are printed on the menu. Personal fun fact, Galen and I are currently working together with Exki, a wonderful, healthy, fast, casual restaurant concept from Belgium. I'm Exki's publicist, and he's their consulting chef. The cost, $60, not including tax and tip, and full di- disclosure, Unexpectedly, Galen caught my meal. I would have been happy to pay for it, but thank you, thank you, chef. Would I go back? Yes, anytime. The website is almanacnyc.com. So this is another fast, casual, healthy place, the Exki, that we were talking the trend. Yeah. And his place, too, fresh, seasonal, hyper-seasonal. Yeah, I, it's a, again, it's, it's how we should be eating. It's healthier for our bodies. It's more exciting, too, you know, instead of eating the same thing every day. Yeah, so I recommend this place if you, if, you, if you need a date night place. I will look it up. <laughs> okay, now time for the final question. Okay. My next guest is Jeffrey Tascarella. He is the general manager at the Nomad. And we all know, the I mean, the Nomad was the Nomad restaurant, the bar, the hotel. Um, Sweet Green. Sweet green next door. Next yes, door. yes. Um, so I'm excited to have Jeffrey on. So, Karen, what should I ask him? Okay, I did prepare this. Let me just get that um, in front of me. Um, what advice do you have for a person who is new to the restaurant industry and wishes to work in the front of the house? And then the second is, what trends are you seeing in the beverage um, aspect of your business? Um, and specifically, who's involved in making the decisions of the beverage program? You know, how do the servers have any say about what's moving and what's not? Yeah. That's, those are great questions because their beverage program has gotten a lot of buzz. I mean, Leo, I always mess up his last name. It's Robichek. I think he, he won a James Beard Award for their bar program this last year. And I think his title is something like beverage educator or something. I, I could yeah. be messing that up completely, I, but I remember sure. reading something that um, I, I was excited when I was looking over their website, excited to see that education was a part of what they're doing. I mean, you cannot produce at that level unless you have a very smart and dedicated and 
constantly innovating what you're doing. So terrific. Yeah. I will ask him, see what he has to say. Great. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I love what you're doing. I think that, uh, you know, it, it's very exciting to have this format and uh, the guests that you do have on. So uh, you've actually had a graduate of City Tech on, Sal Rizzo. Really? Yes. I didn't realize that. He is a graduate of City Tech. Sal is amazing. Yes. That yes. was one of, uh, might have been the the most fun, happiest show. Sal was just glowing the whole time. His so. smile, uh-huh. it, it, it enters the room before he does. Yeah, and I didn't, I did not realize that. So, mm-hmm. well, I'm glad I could support City Tech. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you for having me out there. Um, when, when I came out, I, I loved the experience, and I'm glad that we've we've gotten to know each other through Lay Dom. It's wonderful. I agree. I agree. So, thank you. You're welcome. I have been talking with Karen Goodlad. She is the Assistant Professor of Hospitality Management Department at City New York City New York City College of Tech. I should just say City Tech. City Tech. And on Twitter, she's at K Goodvino and City Tech is at City Tech News. My Twitter is at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, and at All Industry, and at Heritage underscore radio. As usual, I will tell you the scoop on our live broadcast. If you miss it, we are at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on Stitcher, and we are on iTunes. Thanks always to my engineer, Jack, and to Karen. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. I will be back next Wednesday for my last show of 2014. Hope you'll tune in then. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.